Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sanjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sanjo Gall. Hello and welcome to CTN. To learn more about the show, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And today's topic is a pressing one, a current one, which is solving the quiet quitting crisis. So if the workers are not having clarity about their respective roles, they don't see growth prospects and feels nobody cares for them, they could definitely become disengaged either actively or passively. Nothing new there. But there is an uproar about this new crisis, which is quiet quitting crisis where there are reports being shared across the world that most workers are just doing what they are told to or what their job said, nothing over and beyond, which was a sign of them being great employees. So what is causing this? What is the solution? Is this even a problem? Let's talk about all of that. Uh, We have guests today, uh, George Verghese, who is the Chief Human Resources Officer with Shahi Exports. Hey, George, how are you? I'm great, Sanjog. Thank you for inviting me. Happy to be here. Great to have you, George. And we also have Paulo Sa, who's the CIO for Iberia, D.B. Schenker. Hey, Paolo, how are you? Hi, Sancho. Nice to be here with you and all of the, the listeners. Thanks again. So, so see, George, let's start uh, with, with you as my first question. Sure. Before we say quiet quitting becoming a crisis, let us talk about the phenomena which is being used as a basis of defining that it's a crisis that, hey, the workers are doing only what was on their job description. They're only doing to meet what was supposed to be the criteria set, even that was as a performance appraisal. Why is this being defined as a crisis? Is there something implied that while I will give you a certain standard, but you have to do double of that for you to be considered a good employee? So Sanjog, uh, uh, I think uh, it's important to understand this concept, uh, you know, uh, from a couple of decades back. So if you see uh, the trend of employee engagement and its measurement, it probably started in a very organized manner around three decades back with Gallup, Hewitt and other large players coming up with an engagement model and companies, you know, participating in them to understand how engaged the workforce is. If you see most of these models, they already have this covered, you know, in different names. Obviously, you know, quite quitting has now become a fashionable name uh, thanks to pandemic. But uh, if you see long back also, uh, for example, if you look at the Hewitt model, uh, we have a category of employees called actively disengaged. So it's it's nothing but similar to quite quitting, you know, in terms of uh, the uh, the nature of uh, those employees, right, and their uh, contribution to work. What I believe is that uh, this has become a big issue now because of the pandemic-induced dis- distraction. 
Now, allow me a minute to explain that. So earlier, people used to go to work and work was a primary aspect of getting income to work, uh, to home. And uh, it was a critical part of their lives. Now, pandemic induced two years of kind of work from home or, you know, uh, doing things uh, which is away from work. You know, like I'm sure, you know, all of us have spent more time with our families, quality time with our families uh, during pandemic, which we were otherwise not able to do when we were at work because we were forced to be at home. And many of us found a deep impact and a value in doing so, right? So I think pandemic has induced a lot of, uh, uh, you know, thinking process in people's mind. For example, all of us dependent, uh, dependent on our jobs as a primary source of income, but pandemic kind of made us, uh, you know, realize that a second income is also important. So hence uh, the concept of moonlight. So I think these are concepts uh, which was already there. However, it has become very pronounced because of pandemic, but this was always there, right? So it was always there. That is a, not a revelation, but it was happening. Yes. So why the hue and cry? So to that, Paulo, what have you seen while you're a CIO, but I'm sure you have the finger on the pulse of the whole organization that you lead even mm -hmm. from an IT standpoint, whether it's your team or the overall organization. What well, are you seeing as uh, mm -hmm. are the signs which say, oh, my God, sky is going to fall because people are not being themselves. They're not going the extra mile. Well, I, I would tell you that uh, I agree with George. This is nothing new. Uh, this is something that happened since always. Uh, and uh, with the pandemic, we could uh, understood that uh, uh, at least our experience that many uh, of the, our colleagues, the, the big major majority of them, uh, could have a better work-life balance, but producing more than before. Okay, because uh, if we consider that in the big uh, metropolitan areas, you have to spend uh, at least a couple of hours to commute from your home to the, your work. Uh, each day, and since uh, uh, you were with the pandemic uh, in lockdown in home, uh, uh, at the same time that you were spending more time with your family, uh, you were taking uh, additional time to work. So in my view, um, the pandemic was not uh, um, uh, increasing the quiet quitting or any other of the, uh, the, the other denominations that we used in the past. Uh, and this is not only about IT, this is all uh, across the different uh, uh, products and functions in the company. So, George, one side is we looking at a couple of decades ago kind of trend and then now. But what are the people saying? Because perhaps they don't see that they are acting any differently. And if someone who is a sincere worker and they have to juggle more priorities because they're at home or maybe sometimes I would say like now more and more companies are inviting people back into the workforce and they have that challenge as well. What are these people saying has changed because of which they don't feel they should do twice the amount of time or twice the amount of put in the twice the amount of effort? What's their, what's their take on all of this? So uh, I think it's a very fine boundary, you know, I mean, uh, work life balance is a positive, uh, you know, theme. Uh, 
However, quiet quitting is a negative thing. Where does a boundary, you know, blur? I think as long as we are honest to our jobs, we deliver our goal sheets, uh, you know, uh, I don't think the management is going to see it as quite quitting. They will see it more as working. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, George. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I always consider uh, uh, that uh, uh, if it is win-win, if the, the, the thing is good for the people and is good for the company, uh, what is the problem? Okay. Of course, uh, in a, any reality, we have different type of people and uh, uh, the, the leadership more than the shifts. So the leadership style uh, is the key point on it because I believe that no company that uh, wants uh, to live uh, and uh, uh, be in the in the business for a, a decades or even more uh, uh, should be happy to to make uh, uh, the life of the the workers only uh, focus on business. So if you are a long-term uh, player in any business you you for sure you want a work life balance and you want that the relationship should be win-win for both the, the company and the employees. Also to just add, uh, you know, uh, so where I was coming to was, uh, you know, now from an employee's perspective, uh, you know, due to pandemic, the work from home, I think the work timing boundaries kind of blurred, you know, and we have mm -hmm. seen uh, empirical research after pandemic that people worked more than nine hours, probably 10, 12, 14 hours also in some industries like technology, where, uh, you know, because they were at home, they ended up stretching more and more. The calls went on and on without breaks. And somewhere, you know, uh, it, it crossed the boundary of, uh, you know, work-life balance. And hence, people also started becoming more pronounced in their need for a break, their need to, you know, maintain a, a boundary between work timings and their own personal timing. And that kind of, you know, uh, led to uh, management feeling that, you know, people are trying to cut off from work. So mm -hmm. I think, I think both, uh, both aspects are there, you know, on one side, there are, there is a section of uh, people who are trying to take advantage of uh, this, uh, you know, because obviously pandemic has also led to a terrible, uh, you know, concepts like great resignation and uh, crunch for talent in some industries. So people have kind of taken advantage of uh, this also, but I think uh, majority of the employees had this issue of, uh, you know, work boundary timing boundaries, you know, getting blurred and overstretching, uh, you know, and, and, and leading to a terrible work-life balance issue, uh, mm -hmm. which uh, forced them to, you know, uh, uh, put those boundaries in place, telling the manager that this is my not my work time and, you know, I cannot take the call at this time, etc. So, Absolutely. But uh, don't you think, George, that this is uh, good for the company as well, if that, these boundaries will be somehow in place? Absolutely. So that's the whole uh, point, Paolo. You know, if uh, if I'm very clear what uh, is the deliverable for that resource. And, and uh, let me tell you honestly here, uh, you know, many companies even today, even though they have fancy technology systems and ERPs and HRMSs in place, they may not have a great goal sheet in place, right? So it's one mm -hmm. thing to have technology and another thing to have a mature goal sheet. And that would invariably lead to manager uh, getting into micromanagement, you know, seeing if whether they are engaged or not, etc. And, you know, it'll lead to all these kind of uh, concepts coming into place. 
as long as you know the employee is delivering on his core uh, area and he is engaged on a regular communication performance check in with the manager i don't think this uh, uh, you know quite quitting will come into the relationship absolutely so uh, i think that uh, i fully agree with you that it's more a key topic about the leadership than about the the the, the workforce i don't think it's an issue with the workforce so george one quick question when you look at goal sheet right and the manager working with them and then that becomes the basis of us saying whether a person is engaged or not but isn't there some sort of an an intrinsic motivation which should drive it versus only when we inspect something and a person works when so so if a person starts doing only things when no one is looking isn't that the the utopia we are seeking or we we have to submit to the fact that that's never going to happen and that's why we have to put these command and control it works both ways you know uh, in one sense you know my goal sheet can have operational deliverables and innovation deliverables right so if i am innovating at my workplace and i'm getting recognized for it or rewarded for it or even a pat on the back for it i will be you know kind of motivated to do that more but if that uh, you know framework of uh, recognizing and rewarding people is uh, missing then over a period of time it is quite human for people to uh, you know kind of uh, get that fire uh, you know doused over a period of time uh so i think uh, it, it it's not like we can't see it in a straight jacket you know that people should uh, you know kind of stretch more and uh, bring more on the table uh and and i'm sure you know we have clearly those uh, performance uh, standards in place where uh, if you see typically in any company in a in an appraisal or a year end uh, you know salary increase uh, schedule uh, there is very less population of employees who get promoted and people who get promoted are invariably people who have gone above and beyond and and that doesn't mean that a large population of people who are actually delivering on their goal sheets they are bad they are also equally important you know they are they are delivering what is required and hence uh, they are valued and they will get the usual salary increment which is required to you know tide over the inflation and uh, you know market challenges but the disproportionate uh, you know rewards always goes to people who go above and beyond so these concepts we have already put in place right so so it works both ways you know uh, people engage more with the company company engages more with them i mean it's vice versa so paulo based on what george said we are in a way set a precedence long time back and we are sticking to it is that if you want to be more you have to do more but there is a human endurance to doing more so at what benchmark if set a person will continue to run this marathon and not get burnt out and at some point not quietly quit well uh i'm a very pragmatic guy okay so in my view uh um, in in our days uh, you have uh, uh, to be uh, effective on the goals targeting okay so you cannot target goals that you will always increase a little bit more depending on the the person that you have uh, in front of you so what i mean is uh, uh we need to do a clear evaluation of uh, each uh, colleague each employee what is the uh, career plan that we have to them and uh, to understand what is their uh, limitations 
Okay, so of course there are um, uh, limitations that we can uh, surpass uh, using training, uh, using mentoring, but uh, there are some limitations on each one of our teammates that uh, you cannot surpass and th they have a limitation. And it's a, a nonsense if you just look to the next quarter results and you just go and push and push more each one of the individuals. So what I pretty believe is that the challenge that we as a leaders have in our days, it is to make a proper management of the, the each one of our teammates at each level. So um, if you uh, have a, a clear view on uh, the capabilities of each person, you can make a reasonable uh, improvement on the performance of, of that person. Otherwise, if you will put the pressure uh, each time a little bit more, it will not work on the long run, and you will lose not only one person, but you you will start to lose all the, 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 the team. George, if you had a way, how would you change the benchmark of acceptable performance knowing that something's changed during pandemic? Something's fundamentally shifted for all of us so that we take this crisis as a, also as an opportunity to reset our expectations and also help these people to be humans and not just a cog in the wheel. So to start with, uh, Sanjog, I think it is very important for uh, the leadership, be it in any industry, you know, I mean, Typically, these concepts are mostly used in, uh, you know, technology, IT, those kind of industries, you know, where remote working, hybrid, etc. is uh, kind of uh, an acceptable benchmark now. But I come from a very traditional industry like manufacturing, where a person is actually required to be on the machine, you know, for productivity to come out. Uh, but I'm, I'm, you know, of the opinion that be you be in any industry, but today I think uh, you need to, uh, you know, be flexible and you need to be open for change. Uh, the changes which are uh, happening at a macro level in the society, uh, you are also affected by it, whether you want to accept that or not. You know, And uh, the new workforce, the, the millennials or the Gen Z, as we call, uh, their, their way of looking at job has uh, fundamentally shifted. You know, uh, My generation came for work, you know, for for uh, for you know getting more money benefits etc you know we wanted to set up our uh, you know financial status and and all that is done now if my kids are entering into uh, industry or work uh, you know they 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 don't need to look at uh, their basic uh, things you know that's all done for them what they look for is quality of life they they have uh, you know they take hobbies very seriously so their life style is totally different Hmm. Their needs are totally different. So organizations cannot have those, uh, you know, traditional practices of uh, rewarding and recognizing. They need to look at things differently. Today, uh, for a, a millennial, uh, money doesn't motivate them, you know. Uh, but let's say if you are taking them for a trekking off-site and doing goal setting, that really excites them, right? So, uh, so most of the, you know, uh, uh, you know, team building and goal setting exercises today happen uh, in an off-site location in a very, uh, you know, off-site setting. Why? Because, uh, you know, closed rooms and conferences rooms kind of uh, kills their uh, thinking process, right? So I think organizations need to redesign the way they work, the, the way they look at employees, 
going forward. So that fundamental shift has definitely happened. For example, in manufacturing, typically we want people to come on time, go on time and all that. But today people are increasingly asking for flexibility, you know. So we need to be open for that. We need to, uh, you know, uh, work on adjusting our productivity metrics and our way of working to ensure that we also respond back to the needs of this new generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but George, uh, let me challenge a little bit what you stated because I, I agree with you. This uh, generation is uh, is quite different from the ones that uh, like ours. That uh, uh, when we start to work, we had a clear focus on uh, more basic uh, uh, needs. Let's say like that. But uh, um, it's true that uh, the the money don't have. Uh, the same importance that had for me or for you uh, many during many years. But uh, uh, one of the key points in my uh, thinking is uh, if one day we have a, a big crisis that uh, it seems that will come up, uh, don't you think that the money will again be in the as a basis uh, need uh, that uh, the people Uh, will start again to think uh, more in the in the basics if they start start to see that the unemployment rate is increasing the, the there are companies shutting down and so on what is your thought about it see typically you see you know uh, all the surveys that have happened globally even quite some time back and recent ones also money has never figured in the top three you know uh, as a as a retention tool it is always you know the quality of work or the manager or the other reasons uh, which has clearly come out money is important definitely but it is not important to the extent of you know uh, influencing a person's uh, decisions long term uh, this is what you know i mean all market surveys have uh, shown us over a period of time but uh money an interesting characteristic about money is that it also has a, a its own way of correcting over a period of time now if you see recent uh, developments in us a large uh, you know tech companies are uh, laying off people en masse right mm-hmm. so what has happened in the last uh, 10 years you know uh, salaries have skyrocketed in that industry because uh, hiring was happening left right and center there was lot of competition for talent etc Now suddenly you have a large workforce available money will correct itself so money always has this uh, you know habit of uh, correcting itself you know whereas the other parameters which is about the engagement the connect with the person relationship between ma- manager and employee quality of work this always will be a differentiator money can never be a differentiator it can only differentiate to a very short period of time Uh, whatever money we get into we get used to it in a very very uh, you know fast time and we change our lifestyle to get adjusted to that so definitely you know money can only attract but it cannot retain i mean this is what i believe in let's take a quick break listeners so we'll be right back after these messages and let's talk about how we could co-create a solution working along uh, along with these employees who themselves want to be feeling good about themselves i'm sure everyone who wakes up doesn't want to say i want to be a jerk or i want to be a slacker everyone wants to maximize their potential so what is the way we could include them in redefining how performance is going to be looked at how it's going to be measured 
and what should an employee experience be like so that it is fulfilling. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjoke All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, uh, Paulo, if you were to think about co-creation, where the idea is that you tell that this is what we would like to do. But frankly, we also admit that we don't have all the ideas. So that means we invite employees themselves to share, you know, how could we create the new benchmarks, the new ways of making that employee experience the most valuable and all along not jeopardize or rather increase the value they can deliver to business. How would something like that be orchestrated in your view? Well, um, if uh, if you have a, a clear picture on the why why we are on the business uh, what what is our purpose i think that uh, uh, automatically you can have a, a, um, a motivation from the team to 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 understand where they want to go uh, of course this is only the start afterwards uh, you need to be um, um, allowing the the, the employees to, to make mistakes. This is a, a key factor that uh, if they, they understand that uh, no, not everything that uh, they, they will um, design or uh, think in, 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 in new solutions will work. Some will, will but uh, many of them will want. Uh, you will create the basis for the team to to um, to to be uh, uh, to create this new co-work that you were speaking about. So basically, in my view, it is uh, first of all uh, to to have a clear picture of why we are in the business, and secondly, uh, to allow them to make mistakes. So this is the, the one of the key points uh, in my view. George, have you tried to do something like this in terms of bringing them in? And saying, okay, what's, what's your vision of the next 10 years of you working here or anywhere? And how can we uh, make that happen? Has that conversation happened? And if yes, how did it go? Very established practices already in the engagement uh, field, uh, like uh, town halls, for example. When we do town halls, uh, the management communicates with people on how the last quarter has gone by, what we can expect in the coming time, where we are going, what are the new, uh, you know, areas of business we are getting in, etc. That's nothing but, you know, aligning people into the company's uh, path, growth path or the future path. And it definitely motivates people to, you know, associate and walk in the same journey. 
but I think, you know, uh, if we had to look at it more from a masses perspective, which is basically, you know, obviously the purpose uh, and vision is uh, very critical. Uh, but but I think if you really look at uh, the uh, millennials and the mass, the young workforce, um, I think quality of work, that is something very, very critical today. You know, if you could give good quality of work, uh, they get excited and they stick. Second, I think is, uh, you know, performance check-ins, you know, uh, the periodic and timely um, chit-chat between manager and employee. This is very important. Um, we are all busy at our work and seldom managers realize that they are they're not spending quality one-on-one -on -one time with their direct reports unless you know there is a there is a need for a you know quarterly review or a half yearly review or an annual review um, so how do we systemically set up those uh, you know processes where uh, there is a constant check-in with uh, the between the manager and the employee Third is uh, how do we give job rotation or role rotation to people, new projects, new challenges. I think cons consistently we need to, uh, you know, renew their uh, work experience uh, every two to three years. Um, gone are the days when a person was willing to do the same work for 10 years. Uh, today, you know, in, in, in a year, two year, people get bored. And then obviously, you know, they look for more challenges. Uh, Second is, you know, uh, I mean, this is from the work front. From the uh, organizational standpoint, uh, how do we look at our policy framework to empower people rather than police them? You know, this is very important, you know, because uh, most of the policies have been written quite some time back and, and we stick to it. Uh, you know, so instead of annual policy review, rewards team, uh, teams should look at quarterly policy reviews, you know, and, and they should be updated with time. And I think if we do all this, uh, uh, we should be able to get uh, some solution to this. Uh, but as you know, we are just reeling out of the pandemic and now markets are opening up and the businesses are looking good, at least in the in this part of the world, you know, uh, we are seeing quite a bit of action. Um, this is going to be a tough uh, thing to do, you know. So one area, so uh, George, this is for you. So disappointments can come from many directions, right? You tried to do something and you felt that your boss will appreciate they did not, you're disappointed. You thought you will get a promotion, you did not, you get disappointed. And there could be many others and you may not always, when you're disappointed, you are not that objective at all times, right? That's at the end of the day, emotional response. And that is what creates quite quitting. And that also creates quitting. So being in, in, in the HR role for, for many decades, I believe that you've you know, played this role. Have you figured out a way to see some signs and then tackle them proactively? And can you truly say you can remove disappointments altogether? Or there is a better way to handle those disappointments so that people don't allow it to fester? and create resentment and eventually either stop working, quite quit or quit. See, I will actually give a pragmatic answer to that. You know, 80-20 uh, rule always works, you know, 20% of the people always deliver 80% of the results. This is uh, true in the past and it is true now and it will be true for future also. 
uh, and the resources which an organization have is also limited you know we can't develop everyone we can't promote everyone we can't give money to everyone so even the ability of the organization to focus on uh, resources are limited hence uh, a good uh, you know a parameter that i always uh, suggest is that when you launch new projects new exercises new challenges uh, watch out for people who enthusiastically take it up you know and look for people who always want to do extra and they will always be far and few right and how do you create a healthy competition within your team to make more such um, as we call as actively engaged employees we need to keep pushing those boundaries and ensure that more people come into the quadrant of actively engaged um, and engaged is also great but not having the, uh, actively disengaged but you will always have certain population of the people who will be in that quadrant and obviously you have to keep on identifying and churning um, you know proactively to ensure that uh, the organization tides through this So Paolo when you have looked at and I'm going to have you wear two hats one is you lead the team so you got people who report to you and you have to take care of them second is you're also running IT and and for your organization I'm sure IT in some form or fashion also provides some insights or some ways to make this whole problem a little more manageable what have you seen from both sides the kind of strategies and some some on the ground tactics which have helped your organization do a better job and your you you a better job in terms of managing your own team mm-hmm. yeah well um no matter the technology that uh, it's in place um i do believe that what do the difference it's the the soft skills the the relationship uh, among the teams uh, george already mentioned a couple of of things that uh, in in my experience shown that uh, delivers the, the the results and keep the camp uh, the, the colleagues uh, motivated so uh, if you keep um, uh, one-to-one calls uh, periodically where you can openly uh, discuss with them their performance the the way the targets that we have uh, the way the organization is moving forward and so on uh, this is a, a key um, a key factor no matter if you use a, a paper a small sheet of paper to do it or if you use a, a very high sophisticated system that can uh, manage all the all the team okay so this is for me this is a clear point uh, if you uh, technology for sure help a lot it can make the process smoother and more efficient but uh, the key uh, to keep the, the the team motivated and engaged with the company it's more on the way you 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 keep the relationship with them okay and as george mentioned uh, nobody first you don't have a, a chance to 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 promote all the team no for sure not and nobody and not all the people wants to be promoted so the key is how to uh, to understand uh, how to motivate each one and how to get each one of the persons engaged with uh, with the solutions okay uh, in terms of uh, technology of course uh, during the pandemic for example the companies like ours that uh, were already using uh, conference systems 
uh, with video, not only with audio, but with video, helped a lot to keep the, the, the relationship between uh, each parties uh, on a better way. But uh, again, uh, it's uh, help, but it's not the solution for the case. A very interesting point you have brought in, Paulo. I think uh, one of the uh, you know behaviors that I have seen in the last two years when we have actively engaged in uh, uh, remote working is that uh, people refuse to you know come on video. It's uh, mostly audio, and mm -hmm. uh, I, I feel you know the the engagement levels, the connect, the contribution, and the what do you say the passion uh, of the call is at a very different level when you can see someone face to face rather than only hearing their voice you know Absolutely. and so yeah so some companies actually they have as a policy they've said that video is mandatory in all the calls um the issue becomes you know if that is work timing of eight hours if it becomes 12 hours then then yeah video becomes a you know becomes a distractor for for the employee and their families and that's why I said, you know, that balance is the key, you know, as long as we absolutely. are maintaining the balance, uh, there's absolutely no problem. I agree. But uh, uh, George, uh, in my view, uh, mandatory is not the solution. OK, uh, what uh, I can tell you, when we started with the pandemic, I would say that uh, more than 90 percent of the people only were uh, with audio, not sharing the, the picture. Okay, and if you start uh, yourself giving the example, putting always uh, your picture, and then suddenly uh, the people will start to change, and they will say, hey, "If the boss is putting the picture, the, why shouldn't I put as well?" And then you you lead by example, and you don't force anybody to do it. They they will uh, uh, take the initiative to do it. Uh, and th this is, uh, as I said, very important small details that, of course, technology helps. But in my view, uh, the, the way you lead the relationship with the team, it's the key factor for the success. Absolutely. absolutely. We have to motivate them for, towards it. Yes. So, George, have you seen anything on the ground, a strategy, tactic, whatever you tried deploying actually worked to tackle this quiet quitting issue? So, uh, important thing is to analyze the distractors, I feel, you know. So, what are those distractors which is pushing people to become quiet quitters, you know? Well, if we are able to analyze that and then take a systemic solution to that, I think it should work fine. For example, uh, in our case, you know, uh, we were pretty hung up on uh, people coming on time and going on time. and given the way uh, everybody has gotten back to work you know traffic is extremely worse so employees raised that as a concern and we as a management met and immediately decided to give uh, flexibility to people in terms of coming and going so that we ensure that whatever lesser hours we have for meeting etc are more productive and obviously when employees got that flexibility they are also able to contribute more when when they are at work you know so uh, so I think it's it's an ongoing process, and uh, as and when we see issues cropping up, uh, as a management, we have to keep on solving it. Uh, otherwise, you know, uh, slowly uh, this demon of quite quitting will you know come and overpower. Paulo, anything you tried or your HR tried? 
Uh, well, uh, many. Uh, we, uh, first of all, uh, I would like to point out one important thing. This is not, an, in my opinion, this is not a HR decision. This is a decision that must be committed to all the, the management team. Otherwise, it won't work. Okay. So uh, we did similar things as George was saying. So uh, putting uh, some uh, minimum and maximum for the entrance and the leaving of the each employee, uh, we allowed it flexibility to to start the the the, the work. So if you are commuting from uh, home to the office and you are in the rush hours of the traffic. Uh, of course, uh, if you, you are one hour behind or one hour later, if it will make the difference, why not allow the people to, to use it? So this was one of the, the key factors. Then the other one is the, 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 the telework. So how to, to assure that whenever it is possible, that we can give the people the, the, the chance to continue to do homework so that they can work from home and uh, instead of go to the office each day, uh, five times a week, uh, why not just go uh, three days a week or two days a week, depending on the role and depending on the maturity level of the, 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 the people. So this was two of the initiatives that we did, uh, very successful, by the way. So one last question for both of you, starting with you, George. What's that one thing which you feel you will fix in yourself as a leader so that you are better mentally equipped to tackle this and any future workforce-related issues that we're facing? I have already started practicing uh, Sanjog, but I think uh, consciously I would like to be more empathetic to people in my team. I would want to listen to their issues more you know and uh, these challenges are changing with changing times five years back uh, whatever challenges people had are totally gone and today there are new sets of challenges so um, and as a leader i think uh, it's important to uh, hear people empathize with them and support them if you support them they will support you back in terms of deliverables it's it's a give and take, you know, just because you are employing someone and giving salary doesn't mean the person is going to give you above and beyond. Above and beyond only comes when you have that bond, that umbilical cord with the, with the, with the team, you know, uh, otherwise uh, goal sheets will only remain in the system, you know. Absolutely. And, and, uh, sorry, and, sorry. And, 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 and I firmly believe, uh, Sanjog, as it's the last question, I wanted to, you know, uh, put my thoughts here that, I think the biggest engagement is the work itself, you know. Uh, I mean, we do as HR a lot of things uh, for engagement. But if if we are able to, as I said, give good quality work, learning opportunities uh, and everything, you know, uh, I don't see why a person should become a quite good quitter. In a nine hours job, in any case, a person is active only five to six hours. This is uh, proven, you know. Um, less than one hour people spend on gray matter. One to two hours they spend in planning and three to four hours they spend in execution. Two to four hours goes in idle. Uh, when we say idle, that is when the networking happens, the gossip happens, the food uh, break happens, the loo break happens, everything happens during that time. And that is a social time. That's, that's the most important time uh, to engage with people. You know. So how do we utilize that time? Do we give them some learning opportunities? Do we give them some volunteering opportunities? 
do we do some connect events so how do we utilize that idle time is what makes all the difference you know and if we have a plan planned way of utilizing that time i think people would never become quite quitters quitters paulo mm-hmm. yeah i i agree with with george i i use a different word but uh, with the same meaning is how you can create trust uh, uh, between the parties okay so uh, if uh, the 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 workers trust on the the reason of our work um they they will be committed with the team and with the company of course to to do the the tricky thing is how can we uh, allow them to trust on the on the project on the the business project and that it's done uh, uh, with several initiatives namely uh, mentoring uh, initiatives if they are the key the key uh, uh, employees in the in the company you should have mentoring initiatives where uh, you will teach them not only uh, the the bread and butter uh, topics but uh, uh, another type of of topics that c- they can feel uh, committed with the company a- and this type of uh, things with the key staff will multiply the effect because then they will do the same one level below in the organization and uh, uh, and uh, the, the another level below and so and so on and so forth so um i think that uh, um this is not a new uh, issue uh, this is a, a very old issue how to keep the, the 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 people committed it's true that the times are are different so the challenge is to understand how to keep the the the, the people uh how to touch the people and uh, um if you be uh, a human being so if you reflect on yourself Uh, and uh, the the people listen the people uh, with whom you work for sure it, you will find a way uh, to to connect with them and to keep them committed with you so paulo are you fixing something in yourself as a leader so that you could become better equipped to solve these problems yes yes uh, this is a uh, i would say a never ending story but it's uh, uh, to improve the listening capacities and uh, to uh, evaluate uh, 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 to process what i listen and how can i add value to to the people uh, based on what uh, they 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 just communicate to me this is the key factor for me as a leader once again thank you so much george and paulo for sharing your insights about the quiet quitting crisis that we're facing and what are some of the strategies we can use to solve them thank you so much you're welcome you. thank you so pleasure thank and you, listeners please connect with us on social media subscribe to our podcast once again thank you for listening to ctn this is your host sanjo gall signing off till next week take care and god bless Thank you for tuning in to CTN CIO Talk Network with your host Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments or questions, please visit ciotalknetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.